as, uh, as is uh, what we always do, Jason's going to have a mic in the back. I've got a mic up here. If you'd like to uh, say something, please, uh, please raise your hand. And um, either myself or Jason will get you a mic <clears throat> this morning. We're wrapping up uh, the book of Galatians. I'm going to summarize some things towards the end uh, rather than uh, summarizing them now. Um, at the very end of chapter 5, uh, we were in a so what section. So what if we're not saved by the work of the law? So what if we're saved by the faith in Jesus Christ? There's a couple of things uh, that have to be true. We have to walk by the Spirit, <clears throat> and that means there are certain things we should not be doing. Verses 19, 20, 21, and there's some things that we should be doing, bearing fruit uh, that is mentioned in chapter uh, 5, verses 20 through 2 uh, through the end. <clears throat> freedom from the power of sin and freedom from having to earn it through the law is what we have. And there is a certain response we should have that is culminated in chapter 5 and verse 25. If we live by the Spirit and not by the law of Moses, let us also walk... <clears throat> By the Spirit. <clears throat> to build upon that or to keep going in that, um, in that um, line of thinking is, is chapter 6. I'm going to divide chapter 6 into two sections. I'm going to talk about the first five verses and then we're going to talk about the rest of it. Um, I've, I've, I heard um, uh, once before that chapter 6 is kind of like the, the full circle of, of Paul acting like a good dad in this in this book, I've told you multiple times in this study that uh, Paul is is strong and is firm and is aggressive, more so in this book than in others in, in a lot of cases. He talks about distortion of the gospel uh, in, in chapter 1. He talks about people being cursed in chapter 1 because they're leading people to stay under the law's custody or under slavery uh, to the law, chapter 3. The people who are teaching against what Paul's teaching are teaching elementary stuff um, and not mature stuff in chapter 4. They're bringing us back again to slavery in chapter 4. And eventually, you have to huddle everyone together when you've been this aggressive or been this uh, blunt with them and say, look, let's get together and let's talk about what we should be doing. <clears throat> kind of huddle them together. Now that we're, now that we're at the end... <clears throat> How do we address uh, the repentant Judaizer? How do we address someone who may be in sin? How do we treat uh, one another? Okay, how are we to be responsible for each other? Okay, now that I've got your attention, uh, now that I've got you a little upset, let's bring everything back and let's talk about, uh, let's talk about a few things in practice, all right? So with that, we're going to read verses 1 through 5. Of chapter 6, <clears throat> my um, goal here is to continue with what we've done in the past. Let's make sure we have situational and cultural context here uh, and apply it to the people of the churches of Galatia first, and then we can certainly apply it or to ourselves. This, is, this, out of any of the book, is the easiest to kind of strip out and, and make just applicable to us. Let's make sure we apply it to them uh, first, too, okay? Galatians chapter 6. Verse 1, brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one of you looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. 
For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone, and in regard, and not in regard to another, for each will bear his own load. Um, Paul is, I think it's appropriate for Paul to, to address the subject of, of, of burden bearing uh, in the Galatian problem. Um, so let's talk about how he does so. Verses 1 and 2, there is a burden that we must share together. And verses 3 through 5, there is a burden that we must bear uh, alone. So let's talk about the burden we have to share together uh, first. Um, it's, it's sometimes, I've done this myself, maybe you've done it too. Um, we, we define a burden in verse 2 as a sickness or the death of a loved one or a loss of a job or, or rejection in, in some way. Certainly those are burdens uh, that we have to help each one another uh, bear together. Uh, as a local church. However, the burdens being borne here in verse 1 are those that are trespasses, those that are sins, those that are um, things that God would wa- not want us uh, to do. Maybe, maybe we could define later on, we can define burden as, as the combination of those, anything that, that threatens our faith or threatens our reconciliation to God, whether it be external or something that we've done ourselves, but let's focus particularly on the burden that we're supposed to bear for one another, and that is the burden that Paul talks about of sin, of trespass. The problem and the solution of bearing the burden of sin are handled by the church and in the church. This epistle is written to Galatian churches and it is, a, it is a problem they all face, and it's a problem they have to confront uh, together and face together. Um, now, let's notice a couple of things about chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Uh, if anyone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. Um, bear one another's burdens. So this person, this burden that's being buried, that's being born, is by a person who is a part of the assembly of the congregation. Um, this is a brother, this is a sister who is a part of the church at Derby, the part of the church uh, at Iconium. They are not excluding uh, these people who have been caught in a trespass uh, from the family of God. They're not to be ignored. They're not to be excused. Uh, they're meant to be uh, restored. The idea, <clears throat> I saw a really good uh, writer talk about the word Restore. He, he likened it to mending a broken uh, fishing net. You've got a tattered fishing net with a lot of holes in it. And the idea, if you think about it, the idea of restoration of a fishing net, I know all of you have done that uh, in the past, so just, uh, just recall back to the time when you last restored your own fishing net, um, <clears throat> that there's certain things that have to happen. It has to be specific. You can't just lay it all out and throw yarn on top of it and it'll fix itself. You have to go specifically to holes. You have to do it gently so as to not tear different holes uh, in the fishing net. 
Uh, and there is a ultimate goal that you're getting to, a unified uh, fishing net of, of equal um, uh, holes and equal uh, tightness and strength uh, throughout. And it takes time. It takes time. So the, I love the idea of restoring like, like a fishing net, something that can't be ignored, something that has to be done <clears throat> in a spirit of gentleness. We must avoid the the pride that can come whenever we find someone else with a torn fishing net or we find someone else in the ditch. It is very easy to elevate ourselves uh, in that way. Um, and, and, and the Judaizers are making it even easier because they're comparing themselves across one another with the law. So if this person doesn't wash his hands the right way or if this person doesn't honor the feast of the Passover like I did, um, it's easy to, to elevate. And Paul's saying you've got to forget all that law of Moses uh, stuff. That has been fulfilled. Uh, with sin now, we must bear it. We can't ignore it. We can't uh, excuse it. So yes, there are burdens that we have to bear with, with, within one another, but there's also burdens that we have to bear ourselves, uh, verses 3 and 4 and 5. I asked a question uh, up here, <coughs> uh, rhetorical. You can answer it uh, with uh, when we get to the, the time for, for open comments and questions. But how are we, how are we nothing? Um, the, sometimes we can think of others as nothing, if they have sin, if they have the trespasses of chapter 6 and verse 1, and we have the pride of our own self-righteousness, we can become like the scribes and the Pharisees. You remember in Luke chapter, I wrote it down because I knew I forget. Luke, Luke chapter 18, uh, the prayer of the Pharisee and the prayer of the publican. One of the, one of the points <laughs> that the Pharisee makes when he's praying, he's not really praying, he's kind of He's kind of making points, I think. One of the points that the, that the Pharisee makes in his prayer is he is thankful to God that he is not like, he is not to be compared to, he is better than the publican. And this, this idea um, is, the, is a good way in which we become uh, nothing. Um, if we, verse 3, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. One of the things, one of the ways we can think we are something is if we catch somebody in a trespass and say, aha, I wasn't caught in that trespass. Therefore, thank God I am not like that person or I'm not like her um, because I wasn't caught uh, in such a trespass. Um, the solution is the believer's um, cannot measure themselves by the performance of other people. Chapter 6, verse 4. Each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. There is a personal responsibility, a personal accountability uh, before God. Um, and this is not the only place uh, that Paul talks about personal accountability. We could go there, but Romans 14, Romans 15, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, um, where we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. There is a, a, a uh, responsibility personally uh, for, us to bear, <clears throat> for us to bear a load. So at the conclusion, uh, and I'm getting to the point, I got like 30 seconds before I'm about to ask for comments. So if you got one, get ready. Uh, the idea is 
as we come to the end, there are certain things to be mindful of. There are certain things to be uh, aware of after all the things that I've told you. And here's one of them. Some burdens are going to have to be borne by one another in this church. And there's some burdens you're going to have to bear uh, yourself as well. I've got a couple of applications um, towards, uh, towards these first five verses, but I'd like to see if anybody's got any comments or questions about, uh, about this section first. Let's go to John first. I think uh, this is one of those situations where that there was a, a chapter break at the wrong place. I think you're right. I think you're right. He finishes verse 26 of chapter 5. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another, even if anyone is caught in a trespass. So he's saying there's, there's never a circumstance where it would be proper to be boastful and arrogant and holier than thou with our brethren, not even when one is caught in a trespass. Um, we have recently... The last few weeks become necessary for us to withdraw fellowship from some brethren that are unfaithful. Mm-hmm. Does that mean we don't love them? Well, no. You know, right. does that mean we stop trying to restore? No, we keep every effort to continue to. Those are precious souls. Right. We don't look down on them with disdain. They're souls that our Lord died for just as much as mine and yours. Mm-hmm. So we don't, not boastful even, even in that, sir. We work for those souls. The thing about being nothing, I think what he's saying there is whatever it is you think you are, you're really not. And like like the Pharisee you're talking about, he thought mm-hmm. he was righteous. He was nothing in the sense right. that he wasn't what he, what he thought he was. Mm-hmm. The burden that we must bear ourselves, I look at that like the parable of the talents. Mm. God has given me abilities to do so. And so you can't do that for me. Only, right. only I can use the talents that I have. And you can look at that, I suppose, as a burden you have to bear. Oh, that was, that's very unique. Uh, let me go back. John said a lot there, and all of it was good. Let me go back to John's first point. I, I agree. Poor chapter break. Uh, let us not become boastful. If you think about it, if you're listening to Paul and you're picking up what Paul's putting down, you're going to recognize, okay, I got you. I'm not supposed to follow the law of Moses. I am... Uh, built and and grounded in the in the in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I'm walking by the Spirit. It would be very easy, therefore, to become proud of that. Uh, that I don't have to do anything anymore. Um, be careful. Be careful, because you can still become uh, caught in a in a trespass. Um, and there's a there's a burden that has to be bared um, as we as we think about those who are uh, in those trespasses. Bruce. Just a couple of points in, in verse 1. King James Version uh, says overtaken and a fault. And as I understand that, this is not a brother who is constantly living in sin. This is a brother who, for instance, uh, may have become angry and used words he shouldn't have or uh, holding a grudge. This is something uh, out apart, I believe, from congregational discipline. I think this is a responsibility that we have when we see someone sin to go to them and comfort them and and uh, reprove them. Uh, the second thing is, uh, I go back to Ecclesiastes when Solomon 
caution man not to be too righteous. And that is a difficult mm -hmm. passage for us to understand. How can you be too righteous? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, as you pointed out, the, the prayer of the publican, we can be self-righteous. We can be too self-righteous. Mm -hmm. And we can become too arrogant. But we're to prove every work. Paul here is going back to chapter 5, uh, the latter part of chapter 5, and describing how to use these work, uh, fruits of the uh, Spirit. Use them with love. Use them with knowledge. Use them uh, with spiritual understanding that I go to my brother because I care for his soul. Mm -hmm. uh, I have the burden uh, given to us by God, which Jesus says is light. My burden is light. Mm -hmm. We have that burden to examine ourselves daily and to see whether we are in the flesh or in the spirit. Uh, and we have to prove ourselves. We bear our own burdens because we too have sinned. And we too uh, occasionally sinned. And so therefore, mm -hmm. uh, we yearn if we are in ignorance for someone to correct us uh, that we not lose our crown. Mm -hmm. No, well said. Well said. Yeah, we, we are not... We are not perfect, right? There, there is, there is, in no way are we going to be uh, perfect here. A couple of, a couple of quick applications. This is not just Jesus <clears throat> and me. It's easy to get caught in. This is just Jesus and me. Um, but there, there is, um, there are times when other people are used to accomplish things. Uh, in our own lives. Uh, you don't, <clears throat> or we have to accomplish something in somebody else's life. You want to fulfill the law of Christ, verse 2. It is not about keeping the Sabbath or being circumcised or eating a certain thing. You want to fulfill the law of Christ. You bear one another's uh, burdens. Christians are not perfect. Um, and, and, and there was a couple of times that Bruce alluded to some... some uh, uh, there in just a second ago, but there is a, um, there could be a sense in which we could think, well, Paul's inconsistent here um, because later on in Galatians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul's also going to talk about how we address someone who is a sinner and that person is forcibly removed from the congregation uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 5. But in this case, the people are not um, forcibly removed from the congregation. Each one of us is to look out for ourselves and not be tempted. So look, examine yourself to make sure you don't fall in this trespass, but restore the person in a spirit of gentleness. So how are we to um, equate those two? Or in this case, we've got someone who is, who is a sinner or to restore that person. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, there's also a sinner and that person... Uh, Paul is rebuking them for not having removed that person uh, from the, uh, from the uh, congregation. While you're thinking about it, um, there's no good uh, Bible class without like a table, right? like Excel spreadsheet. So you got 1 Corinthians 5 on one hand, Galatians chapter 6 on the other. Um, this, uh, I welcome any, any comments here, but I, I think this is sort of in line with what Bruce was saying at the beginning. You've got a type of sin in 1 Corinthians, that is a willful, continual kind of lifestyle violation of the standards of Christian conduct, and Paul even claims the standards of um, uh, 
pagan conduct. Whereas here, it doesn't feel like that's the same. If it was the same, I feel like Paul would have addressed it the same way um, to, to keep consistency. There is a, a temptation, there is a single act, there is a, a problem that is being borne uh, by the person. The Corinthians are tempted not to grieve this sin, but are proud of their tolerance and love. They have this person in their assembly where the Galatians are tempted by their legalism and self-righteousness to potentially be harsh and judgmental and not bear the burden or not restore uh, a person uh, as they should. The action in, in 1 Corinthians 5, remove that sinner. Um, the reactions in Galatians 6, restore like the fishing nets that I mentioned before. And the goal in 1 Corinthians 5 that Paul talks about is the preservation of the church. And the goal in chapter 6 is extension of mercy, bearing each other's burdens. Um, now, Josh has got the mic. I'm not going to ask Josh to answer this question, but um, think about there's a flaw in my table here. Um, you can, it's there on purpose. Think about it um, and see if you can, you can find it. Josh, you don't have to answer that, but uh, what, what comment you got, man? <laughs> um, well, I think that, you know, these passages are showing, and also what, we're, what we'll see in, in um, the book of Jude is that I think different situations, different contexts uh, demand different uh, reactions and, and handling differently. Sure. You know, what we're reading about here in Galatians, the word's not used, but it screams to me um, compassion. Having mm -hmm. compassion for the soul that's struggling with sin. Um, in, in Jude, um, we see here in, in verses 22 and 23, it says, on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Um, so you're going to have some um, you've got to get in the trenches with and try to help mm -hmm. them out of their sin. Um, they know what to do, and they're willing and, and wanting to do it, but maybe they're struggling. Um, there's others, though, that require a bit of a different approach, a little bit uh gruffer, if you will. Right. And they need, to, they need to be snatched out, snatched out quickly. Right. Out of their situation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think all of that is, again, think about the context you're in now. If you see a sinner, you're not sending them to the synagogue or to a tabernacle to, to offer a sheep or offer a goat, and they just deal with, with their priest. That's not the way that it, that's not the way that, that sin works anymore. That's not how sin is born anymore. Sin is born by each other now. Um, and, and in some cases, um, there, is a, um, there is something that we are responsible for to each other. I don't have the responsibility to go to a priest now. I'm going to deal with that. No, I'm going to deal with it with y'all, with you now. Um, and, and again, that what's, what's the goal? Well, to me, there's probably a couple of flaws up here, but the flaw that I know of is in the last row. The goal is the same in both cases. Well, like John mentioned, the goal is restoration of the man who has his father's wife in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And the goal in Galatians 6 is the purity of the church uh, as well. Paul just doesn't come out and say it. Um, that the goals is, are always the same. Unification and uniting with, uh, with Jesus. Yes, Gerald. Uh, the sin in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 starts with the sin in Galatians chapter 6. Sure. And so you see the importance of restoring that person as quickly as you can because that's where it goes. Yeah, well said, well said. I thought I saw, oh, there it is. 
That's borne out in uh, Matthew 18 as, as Jesus outlines mm -hmm. what uh, the steps are. But in that first step, uh, you get the brother who's been overtaken in a fault or has <coughs> trespassed against you, and you do it uh, in order, it says in the last part of uh, verse 15, uh, to gain your brother. Uh, and you do that alone so that no one but you and that person, and hopefully that'll nip it. But you don't stop there. If he doesn't repent, then you have to continue because, again, uh, the bottom line are these fruits of the Spirit that you love and you care uh, for this person's uh, eternal soul. And you do everything you can, uh, even to the point of disfellowship, Mm -hmm. to uh, make them ashamed and restore their soul. That's our sole purpose. It doesn't stop when they, when we say, okay, we're not going to have any fellowship with you out the door, and we forget about them. We do that. Right. We have forgotten so many people who have left the doors of this congregation and other congregations, but it doesn't stop mm -hmm. until there can be no more done. Right. Yeah, and there's a... There was a, um, it's, it's, to me, it's hard. This is hard. Um, we sometimes want to, uh, even in our own minds, like reject the repentance and, and encourage the rebellious. We kind of do the opposite uh, sometimes. And, and sometimes we don't want to talk about our sin. Um, but, we, but this implies that we know enough about each other. Our lives are public enough amongst ourselves that we're able to talk about it and restore each other in a spirit of gentleness. I've got some struggles that I've got. Um, and I'm not going to tell you here. You're going to have to come talk to me about it. Um, that's hard. And I'm going to have to offer that to Roger, to Cameron, to Mark. That's hard. Um, and one of the reasons sometimes it can be hard is is the the potential for a lack of spirit of gentleness. We should not, we should not be that way. You know, Paul is encouraging us, um, now that you're not under the law anymore, now they're not going to a priest, you're going to each other, bear that burden. Bear that burden so it doesn't become an issue like, like Gerald rightly mentioned. It doesn't become something that we're tolerating and then a pagan has to come and say, why are you dealing with that uh, in your church? Go ahead, Leanne. I just wanted to say... Um... Uh, earlier um, in the first first uh, uh, couple of verses of uh, chapter six, um, when a, when a brother falls away from Christ, um, it doesn't happen overnight. It happens with within time. Sometimes it happens because they don't trust people, or it happens because they have influences from the outside world, or whatever it may be. And when you have to withdraw from that brother, it it hurts you, but at the same time, you're supposed to always, if you see that brother in public, you, you say hi to that person. You try to encourage them to come back. You try to encourage them to come back to, to the Lord and to be faithful again. See, if you just ignore that person or you just like act like that person doesn't exist, that, that does not help the situation because mm -hmm. when they do come back, they'll feel like, <clears throat> They'll feel like you don't accept them or you don't want them part of, 
part of your church. Yeah, and I think, I think Paul combats what Leanne's trying to say by giving us what our mindset should be, restoring one another in gentleness and being mindful of how you see yourself uh, in this regard. Um, you, two are not, you two are not perfect. I gave the mic somebody. Yes, go ahead, Donna. I think it's interesting <coughs> to remember that um, in this world, competition is very strong. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned earlier about making sure our mind is correct when we're talking with others and encouraging one another. You know, the goal is for us all to get to heaven. That's right. It's not a competition. And it's, it sometimes might be difficult to separate that from what we're trying to achieve in this world in a worldly way with careers and mm -hmm. different aspects and separating that you know, we all want awesome. to get to heaven, and how do we make sure that that is our mind is in the right place when we're encouraging one another? Right. Well, well said. Well said. However, it is about Jesus and me, in a sense. I can share stuff with you. I can. You can restore me. But look, Paul also says this is your own burden to bear as well. You have a burden to bear between you and the Lord also. Um, I feel like I've referenced John like every, every uh, class in some way or the other. So John was in the military, and I'm, I'm going to imagine uh, there was a, a weight. I'm, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was like 100 pounds that John had to carry on a backpack uh, in a certain journey. And if everyone had to carry 100 pounds, and I had to carry 100, and John had to carry 100, all of a sudden, I'm not feeling right, and I have to shed 20, 45, 65 pounds, and that has to go to John, or it has to go to Bruce, or it has to go to Tina, what happens? Well, they get weighed down even more, and they can't do what they're supposed to do. And then they have to distribute some of their load. And then the whole group uh, slows down. Um, this was the loose illustration uh, part of the program. So remember, yes, there is a sense in which we bear one another's burdens. However, bear your own load. Verse 5. Don't think you can just come and throw it all on us. Because remember, we've got our own load, uh, our own struggles uh, as well. One of our elders back where we used to live in Texas he had, a, uh, he had an expression, uh, everyone is carrying a bag of hammers, everybody. And that bag of hammers looks big, it looks small, it looks different to others, but everybody's got one. Don't think that you, because you've got one, you can walk in here and dump it on Daniel, because Daniel's carrying one too, and so is Eric, and so is Leland. Um, bear your own load uh, too. There is a personal accountability. While Donna is right, we all want folks to get to heaven. I can't carry you there. All right, anything else for, um, I said Donna, I meant Debbie. I was looking at Donna and I said, uh, I'm sorry, I did it twice. And then I just realized, uh, I just realized what I did. Don't listen to what I say, listen to what I meant. All right, <laughs> Galatians uh, chapter uh, six, let's, uh, sorry, Debbie, sorry, Donna. Uh, Galatians chapter six, let's read through the end, verse six. The one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will of his flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us, not, <coughs> excuse me, let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. 
So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who are of the household of faith. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. Those who desire to make good showing in the flesh try to compel you to be circumcised, simply so that they will not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For those who are circumcised do not even keep the law themselves, but they desire you to be circumcised so that they may boast in your flesh. But may it never be that I would boast, except for the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision is anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. For those who will walk by this rule, peace and mercy be the rule of God. From now on, let no one cause trouble for me, for I bear on my body the brand marks of Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brethren. Amen. Verse 6, I think, is a, is a bit of a bridge verse. We've got our relationship to each other, uh, and it's going to continue talking about our relationship to each other up through uh, verse 10. Um, how does a church get stronger? By the teachers sharing their knowledge with the learners and the learners sharing their resources with the teachers. Um, there is a service being rendered by those who teach. And it is, we are not necessarily to just pay them, but we are to share in the participation of the ministry of the word by sharing with them. And I think we need to see it, we need to see it that way. We shouldn't see the ministry of a person as his job for which he should be paid. And we should see it as a as part of what they do that we participate in. And the way that we participate in is by sharing with what we have um, with them. Paul then comes back, what I think, kind of tying back to chapter 5 and the fruit of the Spirit. You know, fruit requires gar garnish, uh, gardening and uh, sustaining, etc. And again, he comes back to the frame of sowing and reaping. There is a responsibility of the, the person who is a Christian, um, and that responsibility is, is balanced with the sovereignty of God. We see this in a lot of different places. We'll see it in the book of James uh, two, there's a balance between divine sovereignty and human responsibility. And a good example of that is the idea of sowing and reaping. The farmer does not produce the grain, but he sows the grain. He tends the field. He harvests when it is time, and that is how he gets the grain. Uh, the, the idea here is something they would have been very familiar with, um, and it was an easy illustration when you sow, be mindful that what you sow, you will reap. Sowing and reaping are also separated by time. It's not like I can go and go to Kroger, buy an orange, give them money, and I immediately have that orange, and I can do with that orange whatever I'd like. There is a, there is a time um, uh, element in between sowing and reaping, such with our lives and our process of being a Christian. Um, so it is with our spiritual life. Um, everything that we do in sowing, coming here, studying the book of Galatians, singing and praying to God, being mindful and helping each other, that is in light of a hopes of a outcome that is beyond what we're doing here. Um, Right now, we are just simply sowing and sowing and sowing and sowing. 
Um, but there is, a, there is a hopeful nature in our faith that we will reap eventually. So, while you have opportunity, verse 10, the conclusion, take care of everybody. Take care of everybody, especially those uh, who are reading this letter with you. Um, and then in verse, <clears throat> verse 11, a lot of commentators are, are united on this, on this front um, where Paul, um, in their minds, picks up the pen and starts to write himself. Whereas in, up to this point, he's either dictating, likely dictating what he wants to write to the Galatians uh, to a scribe or, or to a member of, of the traveling party in the writing. And he said, look, give me that pen. I got something to say. And it's very applicable, the things in the chapter 5, end of chapter 5, and the end of chapter 6 up to this point have been applicable to how they treat each other and how they walk in the spirit. It's like, hold on a second, give me that pen. <clears throat> Before you leave, you better remember something I said earlier. Circumcision doesn't mean anything. Uncircumcision doesn't mean anything. And I, I, I can, in my head, and I'm a very like, visual, visual person, so I imagine this, this scroll or this, this set of parchment, and the person reading it in, um, in the assembly, it's kind of the normal font, you know, the Times New Roman uh, kind of font that the scribe's writing in, and then he turns the page, and it's like very obvious something is different. It's in all caps, it's in bold, uh, it's in red. You know, the things that we naturally do is, hey, hey, pay attention. If you hadn't seen anything, uh, pay attention to this. Um, See what large letters I'm writing to you. So I was writing in a normal voice, now I'm writing in my big boy voice. You need to listen to this. Those, verse 12, those who desire to make good showing in the flesh try to compel you to be circumcised simply so they may, that you will not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. He basically summarizes his arguments from chapter 3 through uh, the beginning of chapter you know, 5. Um, to the Judaizers, the cross was offensive because it was a cause of persecution. It was caused by suffering. Uh, and Jesus um, was the ultimate uh, persecution or the ultimate suffering or the ultimate black eye of that. So to avoid the concept of just leaning on the crucifixion, let's focus instead on the law of Moses and the circumcision uh, there. And Paul says, no, go back. If you're going to boast in anything, if you're going to be proud of anything, if you're going to identify yourself with anything, don't identify yourself with obeying the law of Moses. I've told you why already. Go back and read that. Boast and be proud of what you see in the cross of Jesus Christ in verse um, 14. Thus concludes uh, the, book of, the book of Galatians. A couple of uh, quick, a uh, couple of very quick applications. When it comes to those who are <clears throat> teaching, you know, verse 6, we don't just pay them. Uh, we share with them. Um, I feel like this, this is harder for us to do in the way that, that the local churches of today currently function. Uh, we write a check and we blindly put it into a, a larger collection of money and that money gets distributed by one person to say Leland or to David or if we were to pay you know, one of our elders, it goes just blindly to them. Um, how long has it been? Maybe you feel it today. How long has it been that you personally felt that you were a part of the sharing with those who teach us uh, day in and day out. 
This comes from a, I have a, maybe a unique perspective here um, as a child. I grew up in a preacher's family. And I can remember distinctly folks who, who I felt were, were not just paying my dad, uh, but were sharing uh, in the ministry, whether helping him in a certain way so that he could focus on um, the, the classes or, the, or the, the lessons and things like that, um, sharing in the ministry, not just saying, we're going to, you do us a service and we, and we pay you. So my thought just to have as we, we, as I kind of probably too much lean on uh, chapter 6 and verse 6, let's find ways that we can personally play a part uh, in the lives of those who teach us beyond, because we, in effect, are sharing in the ministry of the word, uh, not just, let's not just see it as paying them. Um, How do we share in that ministry um, along the way? And then sowing means uh, staying. <clears throat> it, is, it is easy as a new Christian in the Galatian churches to come out and now, not, now being enlightened and not being confused by the law of Moses to strive to have the fruit of the Spirit. And Paul is encouraging them, you've got to keep doing it. Sowing is something, reaping is something that have, requires time and it requires endurance. Um, don't look to Uh, Something like the law of Moses to check a box once for this week. Sowing and sowing and sowing is something that always, that always has to be done. All right. Back half of chapter six. Or anything ever in the book of Galatians. Phil. Got it right. (laughs) <laughs> you got the right hand. Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking in, in uh, a translation here that I have, the last half of verse 13, it's, he says they only, want to be circum- they only want you to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciple. And uh, I was thinking how um, we have to be careful. You know, I, I think of Paul, uh, for just an example, uh, with that. When he talked about uh, others that he had been uh, responsible for teaching and how he took a special concern for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to be careful that we uh, um, don't take this be the same way here as we're mm-hmm. not claiming ones that we teach as uh, um, as, their, as our disciple, mm-hmm. but as Christ's disciple. And and and. Uh, God is giving the increase, not, not us. We're no, just really well said. Really well said. First Corinthians 1. You don't want to get in the sense of who in this congregation has baptized the most people. Was it Apollos? Was it, was it Paul? Um, who, who was it, right? Um, I'm going to very quickly wrap up uh, the book. really appreciate the uh, comments and the questions and the attention that you've given. You've got a collection of four churches where a letter is aggressively written uh, by Paul and is passed around. And the situation, again, that he's just trying to get after is how do we become right with God? And there is a conflict between what he has taught and left with them and what is being taught now. Is it the law of Moses or is it following faith in Jesus Christ? Paul's message, look, Jesus, not just in this book, but in other books, Jesus is Israel's Messiah. 
Jesus is Israel's Messiah. Therefore, this is not a comparative religion anymore. This is not, well, I do this in Christianity and you do this in Judaism. This is a fulfillment of the law in Jesus Christ. If you remember back in chapter, uh, chapter 3, when we talk in verse uh, 16, there were promises spoken to Abraham, and those promises were fulfilled not in the seeds of Abraham, Meaning, it doesn't mean you have to become a part of the nation of Israel anymore. The fulfillment is in the seed of Abraham, singular. It is in the person, Jesus Christ. Therefore, please do not pay attention to these people who are saying you have to obey the law. Um, Instead, walk in the Spirit, bear one another's burdens, and continue to sow. For in sowing, uh, you will reap. Uh, Real quick, real quick. We are... um, I put these up on the uh, board, but I mean, up on the um, uh, ledge, but they're all gone. So this is what we're going to start next week. We're going to introduce uh, the book of uh, James. And as you can obviously see, we're not going to go in order. Um, I'll flash this up there next time if you want to take a picture of it or something. We're going to start with uh, James 1, pieces of James 1 and James chapter 5. We're going to cover James as a topical book, not as a uh, chronological book. So um, if you want to start in James chapter 1 and James chapter 5, that's where we'll be. Uh, next Sunday. Thank you.